Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Scouts podcast, episode number 42. I am your host, Chad Workman, joined by fellow scouts Sam Ehrman and Matt Nine. Today on the show, we're going to recap a wild divisional round, some of the best football, like best football weekend of all time, possibly. Um, so we're going to recap that a bit and, and talk about some fantasy values. Um, a legendary head coach stepped away from his team. How will that impact the Saints and their offense moving forward? And then we're going to do a little bit of a free agency preview, give you some names at each position that we see potentially increasing and or decreasing in value. So get you primed for free agency. Of course, before we get started, head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts. Subscribe to our Patreon there. As I mentioned uh, last week, ffballallday.com looks entirely new. It looks fresh. It looks clean. It looks great. Head on over there. Um, sample some content. We got testimonials up. You can meet our staff. Check it out. If you're uh, not ready to subscribe on Patreon just yet, head on over there. Uh, with that, let's get into the show. Surprising news. I mean, it, it kind of been speculated on, but it, it didn't really seem like it was going to happen. Something like that doesn't seem like it's going to happen until it does really. And that is Sean Payton stepping away from the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think, you know, he he's left them in kind of a tough spot. Like the Taysom Hill contract, they don't have a ton of talent. I think you know, I mentioned free agents at the top of the show. Jameis Winston, it seemed like he was kind of a lock to be back there, but not so sure now. Maybe that changes things. I haven't heard anything yet on their head coaching search. Uh, I'm sure they're just now getting started. But uh, Sam, let's start with you. What do you make of this situation with the Saints offense? And I guess how is this going to affect them going forward? Well, I think... Um, it's an obvious decline in the future. Um, I mean, I think you're talking about a guy who's one of the best creative play designers um, and understands, you know, how to use his personnel to their best. Um, so, I I mean, I think we're going to lose that immediately. Um, and, I mean, you're right. He left them in a horrible spot. They don't have a quarterback. Um, no coach. You know, now there's $71 million of the cap space. Their two best players are – a 29-year-old wide receiver in Alvin Kamara. Um, Unless they blow your mind with some signing and then land somebody in the quarterback, like like, unless they land like a Kenny Pickett and some offensive guru, I think you're looking at a hard rebuild. And, I mean, I think you could see, you know, Michael Thomas being moved. Um, Maybe Alvin Kamara. I, I don't know. I know that, you know, the the Michael Thomas rumors were always, you know, swirling even when Sean Payton was there. Um, you know, now that he's gone, um, you know, you don't really know what Michael Thomas could be thinking. So I, I don't like it for fantasy. Um, 
at all. I mean, I think, you know, in terms of talent and volume, Alvin Kamara will still be, you know, an RB1, but I can't imagine you're going to see that same touchdown upside you used to with, you know, Sean Payton. Um, you know, unless Alvin Kamara gets traded and, you know, is like the featured guy somewhere. But um, I think, you know, for fantasy, you have to be disappointed because, I mean, you look around and there's not a lot of hope for that team. So, you know, I, I think, you know, unless they – absolutely nail the draft and bring in the right guy i think you're looking at a really hard rebuild and i i don't i don't the, the problem is not only i think you're looking at a rebuild i think you're looking at like a long rebuild because they don't have a ton of picks either what about you matt yeah i think sam hits the nail on the head no coach no qb and no money not sure how you can run a football team or field a football team when that's the case. I do wonder, though, if they hire somebody that's already there, you know, the OC or one of the personnel guys, one of the assistant coaches or whatever is a head coach, if if the offense stays relatively the same, there's not maybe a lot of turnover. And also at the same time, if they do hire somebody else at the outside or something like that, we might see guys like, you know, Lattimore uh, that uh, – or what's no, – I can't remember his name. It just slipped my mind. Who's the really good defensive end? Cam Jordan. Uh, guys like that might ask for a trade. So I think Sam is, you know, kind of hitting, like I said, the nail on the head. This this team is going downhill quick unless there's some sort of crazy turnaround, one-year turnaround that's just unforeseeable. But, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those juicy matchups here for the next three to four years against that defense. So you want to, I think you want to start all your fantasy players against the Saints here moving forward. Do we know, like, has there been any speculation on potential replacements just yet? I'm sure they're just getting started, but... Well, I have not seen anything. I also don't think they're just getting started. I think Sean Payton probably communicated with them a while ago, hey, this might be happening. You may want to do your homework. He, I don't think he just, the season ended and he just called it a career. I think right. he probably gave them some sort of heads up and... You know, I've had that similar thought. Maybe they just, you know, bring up the, you know, the, the same staff and see what they can do. But I think typically you that doesn't work because you need a head coach. Like it's hard. Like the NFL is a very weird place and it's hard to go from like a certain power structure position in one team and then like have them see you differently the next year. Like so I I don't know. I I don't believe that they'll just promote. I mean, I could be dead wrong. I don't have any idea. Um, but it just seems like they could be one of the worst teams in the NFL in two years. And we'll just call it the Drew Brees effect. I mean, like this is what happens when a franchise generational Hall of Fame quarterback walks out the door. In two years, unless you have a backup plan that's guaranteed, you're going to be horrible. I think Sean Payton went one year without Drew Brees and was like, yeah, I'm good. And, you know, it's tough to say if he'll come back to Dallas. You know, I mean, like, I think that's the instant speculation. But I don't think anybody really knows. Um, I mean, if he does, that would mean Mike McCarthy's out the door next year. So who knows? But it just is like a bummer to, like, the state of Louisiana and probably most Alvin Kamara fantasy assets. Yeah, I think that's a good point. They probably have done their homework already and most gms kind of keep a running list of head coaching candidates regardless um i think the only real candidate on their their staff would be dennis allen who's been a head coach and is is widely respected but 
you're right. It's it's tough to go from being seen as a coordinator to that head coach, but um, it'll be interesting to see you know how it goes. And and I think Jameis Winston maybe is suddenly more available uh, than you know we thought he might be. So that's something to watch uh, there in New Orleans. Let's talk about the divisional round performance uh we got from a number of players a lot of huge huge um performances probably one of the best weekends of football all time i think that chiefs bills game i mean it's it's just never been more clear that you need an elite level quarterback like not just like a franchise quarterback not just a good quarterback like you need i mean how can you expect you know a uh Derek carr who i really like to to go into you know buffalo or kc and and hang in one of those types of games so um man just a great weekend of football matt let's get your thoughts first because i know you cannot wait to talk about gabriel davis i'm so sick of gabriel davis and it's been like three days i'm over it well you actually i wanted to ask you because you tweeted out the the blind uh poll player a or player b to be fair I wouldn't say, to be fair, part of the reason you're tired of Gabriel Davis is you started it by this this poll you put out. I didn't start it at all. He scored four <laughs> touchdowns, and all, of the people, and all of the people that have been uh, sitting on his, you know what, since rookie year, came out of the woodshed. I, I've, just, I've never seen a guy who hasn't even finished in the top 50 in his first two seasons, either of his first two seasons, seasons more hyped than this guy. It blows my mind. I mean, to be fair, he scored. I mean, I'm not on the hype train. Like, I was when he was coming out, and I thought he was a good player. I mean, he clearly had, I would assume, was the greatest performance ever in a playoff game by a wide receiver, maybe yeah. even in any game, right? Nobody's taking that away from him, but that doesn't mean this guy is a top 24 asset. I don't think I, – I, the, the GM I came out today mean, and said Cole Beasley's coming back. Well, Cole Beasley – I don't think Cole Beasley – like. I'm not like making the case for Gabe Davis. I don't really know. I just know that he's a fine player. He's an up and coming player who's connected to the best quarterback in the NFL. Who's going to mm-hmm. sit there and swing it. I want a piece of that pie, right? Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Uh, you know, he started to outplay him anyway. So like, it didn't really matter. Like I think Gabe Davis is a fine buy for, but I think once oh, you oh, get oh, that first oh. round pick, then. Oh, so you want a piece of this pie. How much is this pie worth to you? Is this well, part- I, is hold on? Is this particular slice of pie worth a first round pick to you? Well, I, I was just gonna say like because that's I, what this piece of pie is going for, and that's right ridiculous. now. But when people start to sizzle back down in a couple weeks, you'll be looking for a mid second. I'll be happy with that. That's not gonna happen. Yes, it will. That's how it always happens. When when draft day comes along and you're sitting on the clock at two point oh three, somebody's always coming knocking. Yo, we're going to get my guy. Yo, 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 what do you want for my guy? You know, so, like, you can take advantage of these people. So, like, I'm just gonna saying. going to trade a top 15 pick for a player who's never finished inside the top 50. If you could trade, like, I'm. I don't. This gets I, into a whole different thing. I'm just I saying. I don't get it, man. I just, I mean, like I said, I like Gabe Davis, a player. I understand what people are saying. I, I've envisioned the path to success, but that is not, that is not a piece of pie I'm willing to digest. So, well, I to think, avoid food poisoning. I think a I just, big, how a did big I get part of it. On, like, I'm not even like. It. Oh, <laughs> you started. You started telling me I started the Gabe Davis stuff with my poll. I was being sarcastic, but my point was like, 
uh, well, my, I guess my point now is like, I'm not trying to be like the conductor of the Gabe Davis train. Like, that's not what I'm saying here. You know, I just think that there's, I can understand and respect and I see why people are paying what they're paying. You know, like once you get in the first round territory, I'm out. But other than that, I, I can understand it. I think a big part of it will come down to if they add another receiver. You mentioned Gabe Davis being back, but um, Emmanuel Sanders and Isaiah McKenzie are both free agents. I wouldn't be surprised if they kept Isaiah McKenzie, but he's kind of a different uh, type of player. But we heard, I mean, you brought up Christian Kirk being linked there, and Kirk and Davis are kind of similar players. That Isn't uh, that part of – the equation and the problem though i mean well, sam sure. one of one of the guys that you like to interact with mic me up right i, I think that i say it right is that his use yeah mike lou i think mike you're gonna lou, talk yeah. about how like targets so, are earned and no no he out. he tweeted out a couple months ago he said if you're if you are scared of another wide receiver coming to your team to and then that would affect the wide receiver that you like then you're not really bought in on that receiver to start with so if we're going, we're tiptoeing through this entire offseason going, well, Gabe Davis is going to be good if, 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 if they don't bring in somebody. We're not really bought in on well, it. Uh, I'm I mean, not saying that. That's what you're saying. I'm saying I think David, Gabe Davis is good. It depends on, like, what I'm looking at in the draft board when I'm there. Like, for me. Okay, like, okay so hy- hypothetical here. If they sign Christian Kirk, where are you with Gabe Davis then? If they draft George Pickens, probably, where are you with Gabe Davis then? Similar. Like he moves down. No. You yeah. don't believe in that talent. It's I'm not, not like it's I'm not, not like if the Colts go that. out and draft George Pickens, you're like, oh, I'm out on Pittman. Like, no, you're still in on Pittman because he's already have to, Gabe Davis hasn't done anything. Well, to be well, fair, if they draft George Pickens, it's not that you're going to be out on Michael Pittman, but you better be really aware that there's a downgrade coming. You understand what I'm saying? Though. Yeah, and I'm not disagreeing, but I'm still saying it's going to affect every wide receiver. But if he is legit, then it won't matter. And if you're paying a mid-round pick, I'm fine with that risk. If you see, if you've seen it, like this is the thing: is like you've seen it. There's no like speculation. Like you've seen what he can do. And if you're paying a mid-second rounder, like that's what I'm paying, like you know, a second rounder. We saw it in one game. And Matt Waldman, I, I dropped that in the Discord, had this three-minute, three and a half minute film breakdown. And the reason they signed Emmanuel Sanders at the beginning of the year is because the Bills don't believe that Gabriel Davis is a good route runner. Can I and that's why he played over Davis? So they're only using Davis in special packages towards the end zone. And he happened to be open four times. What if it was Dawson Knox? Is it instead possible of, that he like learned and developed some behind Emmanuel Sanders, especially? Oh, it's entirely possible. But I'm I, just you, can't, I, I, you can't. I can't feel comfortable saying that. Yes, that's what happened, and then go and send a top fifteen pick. Okay, here's the thing. I the reason I ask is because. His snap share was, he was number 103 in snap share. I think a part of the reason that they did sign Emmanuel Sanders is not just because they didn't think Davis was good enough. He's very young. I mean, he's only 22 years old. They wanted a receiver, a veteran receiver who's won a Super Bowl pros pro to come in and let Gabe Davis kind of watch and learn a little bit before he fully takes on that role. The other thing I would say is that if they sign another receiver, I mean, They've lost to the Chiefs two years in a row, right? And they their offense is absolutely humming, and they still got, you know, got beat by the Chiefs in a shootout. And the Chiefs, you think they're not going to add another weapon? They're definitely going to add a number two wide receiver, third target after 
Kelsey and, and Hill, but you think if the Chiefs are adding more weapons to what they already have, the Bills are just going to sit on their hands and not make a move for another uh, playmaker in that offense? I mean, I think that's very possible. So I think it's possible that we see that offense still centered around Allen and Diggs, and then the number two, three wide receivers are just kind of rotated. What I mean, this is a real possibility. I mean, because Diggs is a certain kind of player. He's not your standard X. He's more of a route runner, you know, slot guy, a lot of targets. What happens if they go out and sign Allen Robinson, like two years, $24 million? What yeah. happens to Davis then? You're- Davis is not going to play in the slot. It's going to be Beasley because they already said he's coming back. Or Isaiah McKenzie, too. Like, I still think they will want to bring him back on a cheap. I mean, he's um, an explosive guy. I just want to be clear. Like, like I see like, both sides of the argument. I didn't think it was going to turn into this. And I just don't want to be pegged as like some Gabe Davis. Reader. That's not what I'm saying. And I, I don't want to be pegged as a Gabe Davis hater. My my entire point <laughs> has my entire point has just been based around price. Like we there's so many things that have to happen, and the cost to acquire him is so high right now. Well, and that's why I'm saying like where I would like like that's why when I'm saying I do a mid second round, and that's why. Like, and that's why I'm saying I'm waiting. I'm not doing the first round crap. Like. I don't believe in that. You know, like, that's what I'm saying. That's so, what's, I think that's fair. And that's kind of, you know, I, that's what I've been, you know, like, you know, early in the season, I don't, I mean, I didn't have any Gabe Davis. I really wasn't, like, overly interested. So I really wasn't paying a ton of attention. But, like, I think he did what people who believed in him, you know, like, I think he developed some throughout the year. I mean, like, I, he, he definitely developed. I mean, he looked better, but. You know, that's right. I'm not rushing out to buy him for a first round pick, but you know, like if somebody offers me a mid second, you know, that's when I'm going to start having that conversation. And that's why, you know, I'm having that conversation where I am. Okay. So I'm going to pull up some trades and ask who you guys, which side you'd rather have. But Matt, the original question, would you rather have LaVisca Chenault or Gabe Davis? I would personally have Chenault simply based on price. Yeah, and I think price has a lot to do with that. I'm, I I would rather pay a late three or or two threes for. Chanel I agree with that. Than a late one or. How about just like just straight up? Probably still Chanel, and interesting. Only because his rookie season was really promising, like really really promising. The only thing that he missed on was yards per route run. I think it was like a hair under 1.6 or something like that. But he had 80 targets, over 600 yards, five touchdowns. He had like a 20 or 18, 18% target share. Like his rookie season was truly promising. And then right. I and I just feel like if this offseason we're going to be like, oh, Trevor Lawrence was bad, player X was bad, player X was bad, you know, the whole urban experiment. I feel like we have to extend that to the other players as well. So I'm not out on either guy, but for me, when it comes to wide receivers, I got to see something in the first three years. So this is for both of them. It's kind of their make or break year for me. Can I counter real quick with your Chenault point and why I would take Gabe Davis over Chenault just simply like outright. The reason I would rather have um, Gabe Davis with Chenault is, I mean, Gabe Davis is picked from that regime. He's been developed for the past two years. And he's looked good, you know, he's looked, you know, and they brought him in, you know, for a reason. And he's, you know, kind of developed the way they expected. Chenault will be going into his third year on his third different staff. He was not selected by that staff, has no ties to the general manager. I mean, 
Which is another reason why I'd have him. Because if he gets traded, I'm going to love that even more. But who, like, here's the thing is, like, he was a second-round pick. He wasn't very highly on a lot of people's boards. That was a whoa pick when he was made. So he's he hasn't – he's his value's degressed. I mean, he's not going to have a huge trade market if they go out and trade him. So, like, if they come out and draft another wide receiver, LaVisca Chenault's probably much, pretty much dead in the water. You could say the same thing about Gabe Davis. But at least that's the same staff and the same offense who he's showing promise in. Like, that's all I'm saying. You know, like with LaVisca, that's a that's a new staff on a, his third new staff, you know, third new offense and third year. Like, I, I, Look, I hear all that. He's been given the short end of the stick. I don't think he's gotten a fair shake at it. Gabe Davis obviously has the elite quarterback, a much stable scenario going on there. But I just – I want the guy that's shown a lot more who's significantly cheaper in this particular scenario. Yeah, like – and that's the thing is I want to be clear to, like, anybody who's listening is, like – we're talking about like in terms of value, like, yeah, I'd rather pay a late second for, you know, LaVisca compared to, you know, like an early second for Gabe Davis. And that's kind of what we're talking about. So I want to, I want to move on before we get too deep down this hole. But um, one of the most recent trades on DLF is LaVisca Chenault and a 2023 first round pick for Gabe Davis. I would take, so, oh my God. Somebody yeah. paid the, the, first, first the best asset in that trade's the first rounder. Oh my God. What kind also, of leagues my We've been on this for like 15 minutes. Sam, I'm yeah. kicking you out of my league for a better for last last one here. Uh, Gabe <laughs> Davis. Well, Gabe Davis in a sixth for James Robinson. I assume we're taking the J Rob. I, I would take I would take J Rob. And then I'd probably take Gabe Davis on that one. Deont- De- Deontay Foreman and Cam Akers. I mean, they've come back, they produced this year. So yeah, but I, I'm I, I got hope for J-Rob. It's still a long shot, but there's hope now. But, you know, the thing is, it's a long shot, but you're also forgetting, and I know that you are you know, you don't really care because you weren't high on him, but Travis Etienne isn't going anywhere, and he's a pass catching back. And that's fine. J-Rob is going somewhere. He'll be 24 when his rookie contract expires next summer. Yeah, 24-year-old undrafted guy who's coming off a severe injury. Who that's has probably close to 2,800 total yards at that point. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still taking it. Yeah, but that injury – I'm telling you that injury is going to kill his market value and he's not going to have very many offers. I'm not going to let this happen right now. We've, we've <laughs> I'm not even trying to argue it. for it or against him. I was just saying like, no, no, no I know, I, I know, know, but it, let's just move on before that gets too deep. We've beat the James Robinson horse overhead, but um, let's, let's get back on track to the divisional round performances. What else stood out to you? Um, I was going to ask you, Matt, but I kind of put you on the spot with that. I know Sam has a lot to talk about with the Rams. So I can uh, say something else. Okay, go ahead. I, I, my first thought before you asked me that I was like, I'm glad we moved to tears on our website when it comes to rankings, because Josh Allen was phenomenal. Patrick Mahomes was phenomenal. Joe Burrow was phenomenal. Joe Burrow's O-line was not phenomenal. But, I mean, just so many guys that are that were just so good, and you really can't – it's cherry-picking. If you have Allen one, if you get Mahomes one, that's fine. That's whatever. They all belong in the same group. So I'm glad we moved to that. Yeah, that's a good point. I think for me, Allen did move to one overall ahead of Mahomes. But, yeah, it's – tiers are, are much better. What's – uh Sam, I know you got some thoughts on the Rams. Well, here, I'll get to team. the Rams in a second. I, I think the thing I wanted to point out the most about divisional round was three of the four teams won because their star quarterback had a star game. Um, and that was it. The, the fourth team, I'll be honest, 
Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers don't deserve to be there. And I hope the Rams beat the snot out of them this weekend. But I don't know if that's going to happen. But anyways, um, my point is, like, you're looking across the landscape of the NFL, and it, it really seems like in order to be legitimate, a legitimate threat every year, you need, you need one of these guys. You know, you need a Matt Stafford, a Justin Herbert, a Joe Burrow, you know, a Josh Allen. And the problem is a lot of these guys are in the AFC. There could be a thing where it's a very possible Justin Herbert, you know, only wins maybe like one Super Bowl or maybe never even gets to a Super Bowl because he has those two guys in Buffalo and Kansas City standing in front of him. Like the talent to me in the AFC and NFC divisional round really stood out this weekend. There's a gap. There was a big gap between those top teams in the AFC and the top teams in the NFC. Like you're watching the Rams and I absolutely believe, you know, the Rams are probably the best team in the NFC and I've fought that all year. And when Matt Stafford's playing his best football, they're unbeatable. But that's like one of the very few teams in the NFC where you can look across and say like, you know, Hey, like this team's got a star quarterback. You're looking at the 49ers and, do you really believe like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to lead the 49ers to, you know, some magical, you know, two run stretch here. And to me, the answer is no. So it's like, you look at the divisional round and I think the quarterbacks and star quarterbacks were winners because three of the four teams remaining are first round quarterbacks. The one that is not doing very good and is struggling was not a first round pick. And that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Two of the four were number one overall picks. That'd be Matt Stafford and Joe Burrow. And then Patrick Mahomes, I believe, was 10th overall. You know, I think, you know, like my biggest takeaway, like I said, is just how important it is to have these guys. And, um, you know, Matt Stafford has really answered a lot of questions, in my opinion. Um, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, um, I think we're going to win. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect on this Sunday. Um, last Sunday was great. Um, and I really hope that that was not the last time that we're going to see Tom Brady and you know, Aaron Rodgers on the football field. Um, and that's a possibility. And, you know, that's scary more than anything. You can see those good two guys walk away. I liked, I liked your comparison with Justin Herbert. They were actually talking about that here on the local radio and they compared it to, you know, when Michael Jordan was playing basketball, you know, there were other truly superstar Hall of Fame players like Charles Barkley that were also playing that never won a championship just because Michael Jordan was playing. So you got to wonder if guys like Josh Allen and Justin Herbert and, and Joe Burrow, if it's like these guys are superstar Hall of Fame quarterbacks in any era, but they just happen to be playing with Mahomes, who's just a tick better. And they just they can just never get there, only get there once just because they have to go through him every time. You know, I think they should have used the analogy that was much more recent and, and unfortunately much more real to Chargers fans, Philip Rivers. Uh, mm. He did not win Super Bowls because there was a guy named Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And unfortunately, somebody draws the short straw. And it could be Justin Herbert. It could be Joe Burrow. You know, I don't know. But I, I mean, and think about this. I mean, with the Packers loss, I mean, I think that's another big takeaway from this past weekend. What happens if Aaron Rodgers leaves and goes to Denver? You got I was Mahomes, actually going to mention that Mahomes, <laughs> Rodgers, and Herbert all in the same division. Somebody's not. Somebody's not to, making it. See, and that's why I'm sitting there struggling to think. Like, I, I've watched Pat McAfee show for the past like two years. You know, I, I haven't missed 
an Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. You know, I always listen to it whether I'm on the road or working and stuff. And I've gotten to know Aaron Rodgers over the past two years before, like, all of the drama. And, you know, like, obviously, like, I don't know him. But I th- tend to think he's a very deep thinker. And I can't imagine he's sitting in his office, wherever he is in the right now, going, yeah, I would like to play Patrick Mahomes twice, Justin Herbert twice, and then, you know, Derek Carr and the Raiders twice, and then try to win that division and go to a Super Bowl. I just – I struggle to think that's what he's thinking. I completely disagree. I don't think he's thinking about that at all. He knows he's good. Yeah, you're not, you're I not, agree. You're not scared of those guys. You go in there and beat him. I mean, you can't even get out – you can't even beat Jimmy Garoppolo. So, I mean, you might as well. I, I, I just don't think that players think like that. Like – I Tom, think Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady went from an easy NFC East or AFC East at the time down to the NFC South, where Drew Brees was. Like you just you don't knew think, that Drew you don't Brees think. was on his way out, and the other two teams weren't very good. Well, the Panthers. I forget who they had when he got there, but the point is the same. It's like you, you just don't think about that. Yes, they do. Players, I I disagree, and I say that because you know. Players sit there and, like, when they make free agent decisions, like, how much are I going to play? Who am I going to have to play against? You know, what are the odds we're going to the Super Bowl? Like, I'm not saying, you know, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to go to Denver. I don't know. I mean, I just think that if he's looking around and seeing, you know, if he'd rather have to play, you know, Mahomes and Herbert twice compared to Baker Mayfield and, you know, whoever the heck. But the Broncos also have a better defense than the Green Bay. No, I don't disagree. But I'm saying, like, I think all this matters in – I would say that it's a factor, but I can't imagine it's his final decision. But he's absolutely going to look at the division and be like, hmm, that's a really tough division. And winning the division matters. If if he thinks that team gives him the best shot to win, yeah. then, you know, I mean, Peyton Manning could have went to the NFC with Tom Brady being in the AFC, but he came to Denver. So I think, but, you know, it's probably something to consider, but I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't know if he goes to Denver, but I do think he's gone. I do, too, at this point. Um, I just think the way this loss happened and the way, like, if it if he's not gone, he's going to come back and be like, this is my last year, I'm going to hang it up, um, and then it'll be, you know, whatever. I think just his post-game comments and, and just everything he's been saying, I think, has been really telling just in terms of him not – really wanting to be there anymore. And I think he's on a better page with the front offense, front office. It seems like their relationship is better, but I mean, this team, they're way over the cap. Yeah. They are going to lose some pieces. Like if he does want to come back for a few more years, like he's definitely got better options. I think to win what Matt LaFleur said like two days ago was told us everything we needed to know. It was like, we had, Aaron and I sat down. We had a very long, extended conversation, and we're hopeful he comes back. It means he left. He left the meeting either not knowing, truly not knowing what Aaron was going to do, or knowing that Aaron's probably not coming back. You I think say Aaron we're hopeful. No, and I say that because I mean, I genuinely think he doesn't know. Like he was on, you know, the, the Pat Mac show the other day, and they asked him, and you know, he's talked about all of his options. He's talked about, you know, pl- you know, he said right now everything. I think, but every everything but free agency is on the table because he doesn't know what he wants to do. And the one thing you're right is he said that he didn't want to be a part of a rebuild and he's 38 years old. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't blame him for that. Yeah, absolutely. He's still one chase, of chasing rings at this point on the field. And you know, if you know, if he doesn't win MVP, he'll be like second. So 
it's hard to see him walk away, but it's hard to see him want to go back to a team that may not look remotely similar next year. I, I think I think what happens with the Denver head coaching job, I think it's going to make, make some dominoes start falling in that regard. Like if Nathaniel Hackett gets hired, then then I think it becomes a better option than not. Yeah, I think it absolutely becomes a better option, but I also think the propaganda and nonstop links that'll be sure to follow that Hackett hire to the Real Rogers until Rogers move will be unbearable. It will, and especially people don't realize, but Hackett was a guy that Lafleur brought in. Um, his offense or the quarterbacks coach Luke Etsy is who Rogers wanted um, to come to Green Bay come back to Green Bay to work with him. So, you know, I, I think him and Hackett have a good relationship. I don't think it's, like, necessarily his guy. Um, but we'll see. I, I think that's certainly a strong option. Um, let's talk about some other performances. Anybody else stand out to you guys? To me, I liked what I saw from A.J. Brown, um, kind of an up-and-down season. It was good to see him put a really strong game um, on the on the board there to close out the season. Uh, Derrick Henry wasn't quite himself, but, uh, I mean, the Titans are in an interesting spot. I think, I mean, AJ Brown's going to be right up there that near the top of the dynasty wide receiver rankings heading in the next year. You guys agree? The team that I think is not being talked about enough is the Buccaneers. And I say that because, I mean, they really struggled this past Sunday. Um, and Tom Brady had said for a couple of weeks, we need to get focused. We need to get focused. We need to get focused. And then they came out and laid an egg. And I know that game turned out to be really dramatic, but they did not get back in that game. The Rams fumbles let them back in that game. Um, Cam Akers fumbled twice, and Cooper fumbled once. Matt Stafford played another perfect game. You can't blame that on him. Um, but Tom Brady, like, his frustrations were visible. I mean, like, the Bucks again, were sloppy. They, I, I believe Mike Evans had two drops, maybe a third. I know Tyler Johnson had one. Scotty Phillip or Scotty Miller had another one. Like they just did not come to play. And, you know, I think that frustration really started to get to Tom halfway through the year. And I think that's why like him understanding, looking around, like, look, okay, then maybe they got their trophy, you know, maybe they got the bag, then, you know, the deal or whatever. I think maybe he's starting to look at like, maybe they're not as focused as they once were to win that Super Bowl. And I think that's kind of why, like, maybe he's actually going to step away as like, I don't think he sees that team as a contender next year. I mean, like Chris Godwin, don't know what's going to be up with him. You know, obviously you lost Antonio Brown. There's other pieces who are going to be gone. I, I think he's looking at it. I think he's tired and just, I, I don't know. I think the Bucks could be back at the bottom here soon. Yeah, I don't think, I think, you know, my prediction is, is that he comes back for one more year, but I, it's not definitely not a lock at this point. They, you're right. The, the Rams, the Rams whooped up on them. Like the scoreboard does not indicate uh, how badly the Rams beat them. Did you have something else, Matt? Before? No, I agree with everything Sam said. I think the, I think the Bucks are in a much more difficult spot than the Packers would be if Aaron Rodgers left versus Tom Brady leaving. So, you know who this makes interesting though is Kyle Trask. I don't, I did not really like Kyle Trask as a prospect. And I mean, he never really did anything yeah. to me. I have but, no idea what the Bucks would do. Yeah, like if if Tom Brady does walk away right now, Kyle Trask is in line to be the starter. They developed him about for a year behind him. 
He wasn't even the backup though. Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert you know was Blaine Gabbert for another year. I know. I know that part doesn't matter, but I. I don't know if if I had to guess if Tom Brady did walk away, I feel like it would be a QB battle between Trask and somebody. Probably Trask and Gabbert because uh, my if you remember, Bruce Arians came out and said, um, "Blaine Gabbert is one of the." I'm I'm air quoting this, so you can't really see. Blaine Gabbert is one of the most underrated players in the NFL, and I mean. So, I mean, he maybe believes in him. I don't know, but I just think they're looking at a mess, too. Yeah. That's if Tom steps away. One other thing that I think kind of slid under the radar is... Oh, Jameis Winston could go back. <laughs> is, uh, what a story would that be? That would be wild. Um, another thing that kind of slid under the radar is Jarek McKinnon. Um, Balling. I mean, he's he's provided a different element for that offense, and... CEH actually ended up playing pretty well, but McKinnon was seemed to be their preferred option. We'll see if that continues, uh, but I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, all right, let's move on to free agency. We've got an interesting group of, of guys here. A lot of the teams that we just talked about, I mean, the Bucks got a couple guys there you know, Brady's decision could impact, you know, Fournette coming back. I think Rojo's probably out the door. You've got um, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. I think the three, like, that I would want to talk about right now would be Rojo, Fournette, and Gordon. Um, And it's tough to say what they do with any of those. Um, I know Bruce Arians said that, you know, he, what is it, last week, you know, he thought, Keyshawn Vaughn was a legit player, but I mean, I think he averaged three and a half yards of carry the entire season and didn't have one over seven yards. So I don't really know. Um, uh, he had that long breakaway touchdown. Like oh, 50, yeah. I don't know like why. 50 yarder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, but, anyways, uh, I don't know what the Bucks are going to do. I, I know Rojo's not coming back. Like, just he's gone. Um, my guess is he tries to take a shot at free agency, become a starter somewhere else, like maybe Miami. Um, Miami I mean, would be fun. If he goes to Miami, I think he'd be the starter on the first and second down, but I don't think he'd ever get that third down role. So even if Rojo does sign a contract somewhere, I just think he'll be a first and second down back. I don't know for fantasy how much that excites you. Probably like an RB2, like a low-end RB2. I agree. His pass blocking grade from PFF was 12.9, I believe. I That's mean, good, isn't it? 12.9? Yeah, like one is the best, 90 is the worst. No. Oh. Other That's way around. Good. Isn't that how it, I don't know. Okay. No. I don't take much on a scale of 100, but he was a 12.9. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. Okay, never mind. Um but I, I think Melvin Gordon's probably the most interesting one here, and I say that because he, he looked, got him. He looked good like all year, and Javante Williams, like you can see, like okay, this kid's like if you give him the ball two hundred fifty times, you know, on a regular basis, like he's gonna go off. Um, I just don't know where Melvin Gordon goes. Like, I just don't think there's a lot of teams begging for a running back to walk through the door. Atlanta. I thought an interesting place for him would be New Orleans because they always like to have that second guy with Kamara, but the Sean Payton thing kind of shakes that up. Melvin Gordon also just surpassed um, how many carries? He just surpassed a certain number of carries, which is very indicative of when those guys kind of hit the cliff. But 
Yeah, I mean, he definitely showed that he still had something left. I would like to speak for Mel- about Melvin Gordon on behalf of both of us, Chad. Okay. Okay. Melvin Gordon. Gordon, excuse me. Gold. Gold. Melvin Golden. Please don't speak on my behalf. And then- okay. <laughs> Gordon Melvin will not be returning to Denver because he played well enough that he's I can't imagine he's taking a team friendly deal because he's never truly gotten a legit contract. So he won't be coming back for that reason. The team in what was it? What's the GM's name? Patton? Is that right? Peyton. George Peyton. Peyton. George Peyton in his second pick ever for the Denver Broncos, he traded up to the top of the second round to select a running back who turned out to be close to Jonathan Taylor in all of the fun efficiency statistical categories in his rookie season on a 50% snap share. Yeah, but he runs a four, six, so it can't be an RB one. No comment there. Ah, yeah. You know, it's Twitter thread. I'm getting that. <laughs> so I, now I lost the trade of thought. I, I just I don't think Melvin Gordon's coming back for all those reasons. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to spend so much draft capital to come up to 34 overall just to turn around and pay a 29 year old running back 30 million dollars. That makes no sense to me. That would be that would be more egregious than the Ezekiel Elliott contract, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. you have a 21 year old running back who has proven. I think he had 1300 yards on like what was it? Like I said, half the snaps, 50 percent of the snaps. We and when we project for fantasy, everybody's like, Oh, how do you know he's gonna get the same workload as Najee? How do you know he's gonna get 90% snap share? Blah 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 blah. I'm like, I don't care about any of that. If he's doing 1300 yards on 50% of the snaps, let's just bump him up to the average starter opportunity share, somewhere between 65 and 70%. He's probably a 1500 yard back with double digit touchdowns. That's probably a top six fantasy running. Hey, back. hey, say hey, hey, why are we turning this into a Javante show? We know he's a stud. I'm that, but this is why Melvin Gordon does not no, come I'm back. I, you're getting excited about Javon. But the other guy that I want to talk about that you didn't talk about is Rashad freaking Penny, and he's coming I was gonna, back. He'll be I, back. Sorry, he's I was gonna, he's, yeah, he's I was coming back. back to Seattle. He, I don't I don't know what the deal with Carson is. I hope he's healthy. I hope he is okay. I have a gut feeling that it's the same similar kind of injury that Cam Chancellor had. It's one of those that you recover fine from, but the doctor tell you, you technically can play football again, but if you get hit in a certain way and you hurt your neck again, you're probably paralyzed for life. So is that something you really want to risk? I feel like that's kind of where we're at with him, but hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully he does come back. There's obviously a lot of questions with him. I think Rashad Penny's going to sign a cheap one, two year team friendly deal, whatever. From my understanding, Adrian Peterson is going to stick around in Seattle and actually coach him, which is I think is huge. So I'm all aboard the Rashad Penny train. Hopefully we get two years out of him. Uh, and, you know, he ran for like 800 yards in six games to end the season. So I agree. I also going to be an awesome value this summer if yeah. he can stay healthy. I'm excited about him. Um, a few names I want to talk about. The Cardinals have a couple free agents. I think they're probably going to have to prioritize one. Um, it feels like they're going to prioritize James Conner. His value was, you know, hinged completely on his touchdowns, but they seem to really like him. If Chase Edmonds goes somewhere, <clears throat> a few interesting spots, I think kind of a sleeper would be like the Patriots to use him to replace like a James White, but 
I think Buffalo could make a run at him because Devin Singletary came on this year, but Zach Moss is basically a zero. Um, Matt Breed is a free agent, and they kind of seldom used him. Edmonds is kind of like a younger Breida. He's a good third down back, but he can get it done on first and second down. He provides more explosiveness than any of them can, and they haven't really had a pass catching back that you can keep on the field like Edmonds you know, in those hurry up shootout type of games. And he's not a tell he lines up in the slot. Some, you know, you can move him around when you're pushing the pace in, in, in those type of shootout games and he can play out of the backfield. You can slide him into the slot. You can keep him on the field. You don't have to take him off the field and, you know, maybe Buffalo drafts a running back. Maybe they just roll with, with Singletary and Moss, but I think they'll add somebody and they haven't been great in the draft with, you know, Singletary Mel- and Melvin Moss. Gordon. Yeah, but I just he's bigger than Singletary. He's got some pass catching skills. You know, yeah, Singletary's really developed in the in the receiving game. Yeah, he doesn't look too shabby. I'm not he's going to be a thirty touch workhorse, but I mean, he's capable in the. I mean, obviously you've seen it, but I mean, he's capable enough to be successful. And I thought he really developed in the second half of the year. I think if they would go in Edmonds, Edmonds would be there to spell him, and he probably wouldn't have very much fantasy value. I think Edmonds is better than Singletary, but you're right. Uh, uh, Singletary did did come on, but um, I'm kind of interested to see where Edmonds lands. I just think he has a little bit more upside than what has fully been tapped into. The other guy that's out there is Cordero Patterson. Um, I think there's a decent chance he just goes back to Atlanta because it worked for the both of them, um, and I don't think anybody's necessarily going to be looking to, to pay him a ton anyways. Um, but they'll probably add another back regardless there in Atlanta. But um, you guys have any thoughts on Patterson? Yeah, I'm not really interested. I was, really wasn't interested in the season. And I say that because he's going to be, what, 31 or 32. Um, and, yeah, he was fine last year, but they really started to use him less during the stretch. His snap percentage was never above, I think, like regularly, like 60%. So it just it seems like that's going to be really hard to duplicate. Um, especially if they go out and get a wide receiver to replace Calvin Ridley or Calvin Ridley comes back. Like a lot of Cordell Patterson's value came because <clears throat> Calvin Ridley wasn't there and they needed to give somebody else the ball. So it just Patterson, uh, you know, I guess if he, <laughs> if, if he grows up Patterson, again next year, I'll be sorely mistaken and I won't have any. Patterson, I, Patterson's a maybe in redraft and best ball and a no in dynasty. Yeah, I agree. Now imagine this scenario. He goes back to New England nope. again where he spent one year nope. and replaces James White. Nope. Zero interest in Patriot running backs. But James I'd also, White, I mean, I think that role's I'd, pretty ba- valuable. But I'd also like to get the full Antonio Gibson experience and J.D. McKissick should go. Yep, he's another guy. Actually, he's a guy I could see the Patriots going after. I just feel like the Patriots are going to go after one of these receiving backs. I could see McKissick, and I'm with you. I hope that McKissick... I muted Sam, so he can't comment on that. Okay. (laughs) I I didn't really have anything to say. Like, I get it for a fantasy why you want it. It's just I don't know if he'll be to hold up. I mean, he thinks so. Um, I don't know. I guess, like, personally, like Patterson, I'm just not very intrigued on. Yeah, I agree. I'm not Uh, very excited on either. I I think he's just a guy... 
And if they let him walk, that tells me they didn't believe he's good enough to stick around for a minimum deal. And I would be very hard pressed to be excited about that for fantasy unless somebody went down in front of him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would say he's just a guy. He was a first round pick. And I think the NFL is figuring out. Chase how to Edmonds was a guys. first round pick. No, Patterson. You said Patterson, right? Oh, I was talking about Chase Edmonds. And and same with Patterson. He's 32, and he was a first-round pick back in, like, 2012 as a kick returner. Uh, well, as a wide receiver. Yeah, but he was, like, primarily their kick returner. He never really developed as a wide receiver. The Vikings right, tried to replace Percy Harvin. Right, but I'm starting to figure out, like, a Debo Samuel type. He's also only 30. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm not excited either. I just think he's more than just a guy, but. I, um, I think Patterson's more dynamic, but I think my comment just a guy was Chase Edmonds. Oh, okay. he, was a, he was a mid-round, later, later draft yeah. guy who was hurt a lot. He so does get hurt a lot, career, too. And if they let him walk, I'm not – let somebody else hype him up. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I would really only be interested if he lands, like, in a Buffalo type of offense. Um, but – What is it – hold on. What was it? Same thing. This is – the same thing Matt said earlier about not believing in somebody. You're only going to be interested in him if he goes into one or two places. That means you're running really back, va- running back values special spot than you are the guy, right? Yeah, for sure. But running back value hinges a lot more on opportunity than wide receiver yeah. does. Like, you know, I mean, you're getting uh, 15 touches a game in an elite offense as a running back. I'm interested in you. Like, that's just yes, yeah, Sam. But I agree. I don't like. I'm not in love with the player. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, I know. I was just asking. So yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about wide receivers. Um, free agent list. There, there's actually some some bigger names with uh, you know Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams is out there. Juju, Juju Will Fuller. Um, I don't want to talk about any of those guys. Mike Williams. Nope. Farther down. Jay Shark. Yes. Oh, All right. okay. All right, let's get this out of the way. So, like Rashad Penny, DJ Shark is just one of those guys that I think I I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, or was it might have been last week, Chad, when when Brian was on. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian, the Dynasty Doctor. Um, DJ Shark is just one of those guys where I would hate to trade away just for him to turn around and blow up because he's so freaking talented. So he's just I'm just going to hold him forever until he retires from the league or he's just no longer really relevant. But he did break his ankle last year. That That is a surgery you can come back from. So he should be ready by training camp. I believe he'll be 25 years old. He's 6'4", 210, something like that. And runs sub 4'4". And I think he resigns in Jacksonville for a cheap one year. I'm not convinced now that there's a new head coach coming in, whoever that may be, that they're just going to really attack, attack, attack wide receiver. I think they honestly might roll with Sharks, Jones, and Visca because that's not a really bad trio when they're all healthy and used correctly. I think the key phrase there is used correctly. Um, Trevor Lawrence should be a lot better in 2022. I There was a tweet today that I, I really, really loved. It was instead of uh, paying a premium to go get somebody else, you can go get DJ Shark for pennies and probably get Jacksonville's number wide receiver one next year. I thought that was great. And Jacksonville's a sneaky spot to explode on offense next year. So I think, I think again, like kind of like we talked about at the beginning of the show here with Gabe Davis and this guy, I think price-wise, 
DJ Sharp's probably not going to cost you more than a third. Let's be real. That's that's the kind of dart throw that we're looking for this offseason on a young guy who does have a top 15 fantasy finish. I believe he might even be higher than that. I think he might have been wide receiver 13. I don't remember. So he's proven. He has produced. And he produced with Minshew, of all people. So let's give him second year in the system with T-Law, new head coach, healthy body. He came out last summer uh, and talked about how he battles anxiety, and he, that's why he kind of checked out a little bit in year three. So now we're moving year four, broke his ankle, so now we're moving into year five. So I'm I'm in on DJ Chart. I like I like that as, as a buy at, at value. I'm not overpaying at value. Wide receiver 16 is where he finished yeah, in 2019. I don't know. It yeah. just seems like a lot of – I don't know if – Excuses is the right word, but it seems like a lot of things got to go right for him to be valuable again. So I'm just what? Well, he's hurt. He's coming off a severe injury. The staff may not want him. He really declined his previous two years before the injury, and um, there's better options in the draft. Okay, but we're gonna make a ton of ton of excuses for the for a fourth round pick. Got it. I didn't make any excuses for Gabe Davis. Okay. I said he came in, he struggled, he developed, he got better, and he's still in the same offense. DJ Shark has done more in 14 games than Gabe Davis has done in an entire career. Yeah, but I'm not talking about you know him being better than Gabe Davis. I, not a lot of stuff has to go right. He's going to be healthy. That's not a question unless there he's is – going to be some, on the Jaguars? And, well, that's the question. I think – I mean, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get the money that he wants because of his injury. So I think he does come back on a cheap one-year deal. That's that's a high probability, I think. Yeah, uh, just I don't know. This is not a guy I ever like loved. He seemed like he was okay. Like and, and he was great at like contested catches. You know, I just I also wonder like how long it takes him to get back to one hundred percent. Like because there's a difference between you can rehab and drill and drill and drill, but until you get you know in some live bullets and some action, you get to take some time to get that rust off. So. And I, I will, I will say, if if he does, if he does get re-signed, I think that's a good indication that they're probably not going to go wide receiver in the draft at least early. Because you got yeah. Marvin Jones for another year, you got what Visco a second round pick, so you'll get him for two more years. And, and to be fair, I'm just I, I, I don't he, know he, he could he he could be a good two pair him with Devonte in in Philadelphia. I like. That I don't spot. even know what like they spot believe. Too. You know, I. I you don't know who the staff is, so we don't know. But the new staff may also love Jamal Agnew and the things he could do. I mean, it's, it's very possible. Jamal Agnew was doing what LaVisca was supposed to do. It's just Jamal Agnew looked good doing it. Like, I was very critical of LaVisca early in the season. And I said, look, like, I remember coming on that tweet saying, look, he's he looks like he's loafing, MAing everywhere. And you and I argued about it. And his season really went kind of how I expected. And Jamal Agnew, you know, they signed him. And so I – that was obviously urban, so it's doubtful. But I just wonder, like, if Jamal Agnew doesn't come back and get that job back, and DJ Chark stand on the sidelines, or Lavisca, like he was, okay. or maybe they just draft George Pickens in the first round. You know, who knows? Who knows? But again, DJ yeah. Shark can be had for a bag of chips, so I'm interested. Depends on the chips. Doritos, uh, that's a, that's a Doritos Cool chip. Ranch. See, I'm not. I'd rather have GJ Shark just because I'm not a big Dorito fan or a chip fan in general. Pringles sour cream and onion. I'm a big Pringles originals fan. It, I liked big. You guys are weird. Kettle Pring, chip Pringle pizzas are awesome. 
Ruffles, Ruffles wavy. Yeah. There's something mm. about those with ketchup that I always really liked. Oh my, what the? You guys are weird. Let's. <laughs> I have so many That's things. That's gotta to say. be a Midwest thing. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna have to ask my wife about that. She's from Minnesota. Ketchup on. I have a few wide receiver names to mention, but Sam, I want to get your uh, your thoughts first on this market. Is there anybody stands out to you that you are just want to talk about? Well, I think the obvious answer, I feel like we need to talk about A-Rob um, and Juju and Chris Godwin. Um, Juju, we saw him come back to the playoff game, obviously didn't do anything. Um, it's kind of hard to do with Big Ben, quarterback, um, at this day and age. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Juju goes out to L.A. I know he's been vocal about wanting to play at SoFi. Um, he's from L.A. He, you know, he's a USC kid. You know, and the Chargers could very well have an opening as their, you know, their, you know, their number two spot. So it's a good spot. I think we could keep an eye out on him. I think he'd be more valuable than um, Mike Williams was, um, just because Juju is a more finesse player. Um, Mike Williams was more of a jump ball catcher. So we'll see. Um, a Rob, I don't know, but I think he's a tired of the BS and B wants to go play for a guy who he knows is going to throw him the ball, and. I mean, there's not a very big list of teams who are going to be interested, but I think the most obvious one that gets talked about for good reason is New England. Um, and I think if he goes to New England, you'd have to be pretty excited um, just based on the potential volume alone, right? I mean, like, he'd be the clear number one. Am I wrong on that? Like, I know that, you know, Kendrick Bourne is developed, but he's not better than A-Rob. Um, I think – what about OBJ, OBJ to New England? Or you think That's what stays? I was going to mention. Yeah. It's possible, but I think the Rams – I think he also may just re-sign with the Rams. I think, um, yeah. Because not only does he look good, and not only is, you know, like the offense high volume enough for him to be, like, you know, a, a weapon and fantasy viable. You know, like he wanted to be in L.A. You know, Robert Woods coming off an ACL, like, you don't know what he's going to look like. So I, I don't anticipate OBJ going anywhere, but if he does, it's because he's going to be the number one. So you have to be really excited. Um, but more importantly, I think, you know, um, Chris Godwin, um, you know, his his value could tank overnight. I mean, you, not only is he coming off the ECL, but if Tom Brady retires, I mean, he no longer has Tom Brady thrown to him, and then he's going to be a free agent. So he'll either he have either have to you know find a new team with an ACL or something like. I think Chris Godwin is the one who's probably in the most trouble. I think he stays. Honestly, you think he stays and just I do. And if he doesn't anywhere, you project Allen Robinson to. You could might as well just slip Chris Godwin's name is there yeah. as well. They're both interchangeable. I think play style. Godwin is obviously much younger, but also has the more significant injury attached to him. I think a spot for either of those guys could be Philadelphia. They got plenty of plenty of money, you know, draft capital. If one of them gets tagged for some reason to to go out and get somebody, pair, you know, if if like they've said now for two weeks, they're truly invested in Jalen, in in parentheses at least for one more year. So you know, if if you want your quarterback to take another step, you got to get him something more than Devontae Smith and Goddard, and you have Quez in the slot, who's a great slot guy, great three. But you go out yeah. and you get yourself a 1B to go with your Devontae 1A kind of scenario. So that's another good spot, I think. See, I'll be honest. Like, 
it's the same thing. The reason I don't want Calvin there, I just don't love the volume for those guys, but I don't hate it. Like if you promised me that, you know, if Allen Robinson went there and he would get at least eight targets a game, I'd be happy, you know, but I just don't know if you'll get that. But I think I saw a thing where free agents, like if you hit the free agent market, your fantasy value more like, like I think it was like 87% of the time is dropped a lot. Um, like either, you know, the free agent didn't work or something or, you know, and, yeah, That's Andy, Andy, our own writer, Andy, wrote about that stuff. Oh, was it him that who wrote? Because like, I remember yeah. reading like a really long article, but, really good. Like, but but it wasn't necessarily about just hitting the market. It was just going to a new teams. team. The one thing is, most guys that change teams as wide receivers, like very few elite wide receivers, like a Hopkins, right? Everybody had that question with DeAndre Hopkins, but mm-hmm. but if you're like an elite wide receiver, and you know maybe you believe Godwin I mean, who, is Julio Jones, go to the Browns and Baker Mayfield's your quarterback. Oof. I'm sorry that you've watched Odell since he got there. You just have to get the ball in his vicinity and he's going to catch it. Yeah. And I think Odell's looked really good with the Rams. I mean, he's, that, that's the problem is that's how he looked all the time. Baker just couldn't. Yeah. He did. And a, a barn. Yeah. He looked explosive with the Browns. Um, another guy I want to mention who I had been stashing um, in anticipation of his free agency is Michael Gallup. Obviously he tore his ACL, uh, that's a tough break. It'll be interesting to see if he ends up just cheap deal back to Dallas or so. if he finds a squad. Like that's my guess too. He'll probably he back to a, Dallas. a one year deal. He'll probably just want to keep rehabbing in Dallas, come back and then see what he can do. Um, yeah. But about- not very much money because, you know, Matt mentioned, you know, an egregious contract earlier. Zeke still got dead money on the cap until 2027. So, He's 18, 18 million dead cap. Wild. I just another. 20, I think. I think. Yeah. I think two other teams that we didn't mention yeah. that are Raiders. are a prime spot. There's there's one. That's what I was gonna say. I've been told they already have an X receiver though. But two other teams that <laughs> need an X receiver could be Buffalo and Miami. Got to go with Waddle. Got to go with Diggs. You know you want. Josh Allen, you need to, to beat Mahomes. You need Tua to take the next step. Both teams got money. It's another spot we could watch for guys like A-Rob and uh, Godwin. Yeah. It's definitely like the, the, like the list. I mean, I, I think you can keep everything open except like garbage teams like, you know, the Jets. I think another- a guy like Will Fuller to Indianapolis is intriguing. I was going to say Indy's a team that you could see make a wide receiver see, move too. When I was at the gym the other day, there's this Colts fan. He's like, "Oh man, I hope we sign Allen Robinson." I'm like, "That would make no sense. He's why would you? Why would you want two guys with the same skill set? Like the issue that your offense lacks is speed outside of Jonathan Taylor. Because Michael Pittman's not a burner, but he's the best third down receiver in the NFL. He's a jump ball guy, makes great contested catches, super reliable. But you need to get him open I'm, more. I'm I'm gonna by, jump real quick. I, I'm just saying real quick, and just by doing that. You need a speed guy. You need somebody that can blow the lid off the Paris Campbell. Who can't who's played like ten, breakout. ten career games. Don't get me wrong. You can't rely on him. I get what you're saying, but I promise you the Colts offense will be better if Allen Robinson is on that team. Like no, no, I, yeah, who I create separation. If you have a wide receiver who can create separation, like I don't think it matters who he is. No, I yeah, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but just knowing how the Colts operate, you know, they're yeah. very, very careful with their money. They're very meticulous with their draft picks and stuff like that. They're not going to go out and pay for somebody like him, but you do need to add speed. 
I could see them signing him and then drafting. I don't know one of the you know the quicker guys in the draft because Paris Campbell obviously did not hit. I know and Will Fuller, yeah, you know the you know the Indiana Notre Dame connection, but I mean he, his his hand will probably shatter by the time he gets to the plane. So I just I Chris Ballard's always been very cautious, and I can't imagine him wanting to spend his money on somebody who's never on the field. So that's why I'm not really sure Will Fuller would happen. But Christian Kirk could make sense there. That would yeah, that could yeah, like you need a you know burner, and then you know Christian Kirk and A Rob would I think would be a great signing. Or even just Christian Kirk, like I don't love him, but you know you're right, like he's a he's a burner, somebody can you know open up the field. So yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, I got this is not a breakout or a free agent wide receiver necessarily, um, but there's a guy who ran off the field shirtless who's working out with Lamar Jackson and his cousin Hollywood and that may impact some fantasy breakouts like Rashad Bateman if that were to happen he did tweet out a, a picture of him in a Ravens uniform yeah. as well yes and I think another guy that kind of should be on this list with an asterisk is Amari Cooper because he's getting traded you think yeah so where's he going? He traded, but he could get cut because I, if you remember when they did his contract, it was like a two-year deal, like where they could opt out and just yeah. cut him for nothing. And so, this okay. well, well, same thing. I think Amari's on a different team. So where does he fit in? Oh, he would be good in Philadelphia too. Amari Devontae, get the whole Alabama crew together. They're not going to trade in division. No, if, Miami? He, if he's cut, though, is what I'm saying. Miami's uh, a good spot. Well, maybe they don't though, because you got to remember Michael Gallup tore his ACL late in the season. They need Amari Cooper. I just uh, well, unless Amari's willing to re- re- reconstruct his contract, restructure his contract, because right now the talk is that Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence are getting cut because they just those are the two easiest guys to cut and save the most money with the least amount of dead cap. Because because <sighs> Dak's contract Dak's contract this year takes a massive jump. Yeah, and you have a running back. Who's on the books until 2027? And they have, I believe, their bottom three in cap space over the next three years. So it was, it was honestly for Dallas, it was this year, or we're not sure when because just the age of the players, the money that's so being allocated it, to them. If they cut Amari Cooper, can we assume they're going wide receiver early in the draft because they need to replace him? They cannot roll out CD Lamb. They, they like the Jay day. Jones can't stop talking about Cedric Wilson. I mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I uh, believe Cedric Wilson is also, I think he comes back a free agent, but he, I also don't think he was as good as, as Dal- Dalton Schultz pretend. Well, he's not coming back. They can, there's no way they can afford him. Yeah, he is. There's no way you cut. There's, there's a lot of like second tier or third tier guys on the market too. Like Russell Gage, um, if teams believe, you know, AJ Green has anything left, uh, you know, some guys like that. My guy, um, Preston Williams, CSU Rams breakout. Uh, but, you know, there's uh, other guys kind of in that range, too, that are going to be pretty affordable for the teams that don't want to spend up as well. You know, like I said, AJ Green's out there. 
Uh, who else? Jacoby Myers is restricted, but you know he could be a guy that hits the market. Zay Jones flashed a little bit, but one team that we didn't uh, mention is Chicago. Like they're going to be losing Allen Robinson. They got a young quarterback. I know Darnell Mooney stepped up, but they're going to need receivers too, right? So what about Godwin? I just can't imagine though Chris Godwin, who also went to Penn State, like Allen Robinson did. Is gonna sit there and be like, "Yeah, bro, I'm leaving because it's so great. Come here too." Like, it, but it, the situation is so different. It could you got you got a new QB, a yeah. new staff, a new GM. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I get it, but I, I, you're you're probably right. Like, I, I probably returns to Tampa Bay. I think I'm most interested to see free agency because I think it's gonna tell us a lot. Because a guy like Traylon Burks is in the same mold as these guys that we're talking about. Yeah. So wherever he goes, you know, actually we let's back up wherever Allen Robinson signs or Godwin signs, resigns, what have you, I think it's going to narrow down the spots probably on where a guy like Burks goes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the Jets also have a couple guys coming up. Jamison Crowder and Braxton Berrios, both, uh, you know, I like Crowder as the player. He's been hurt a lot. Berrios kind of came out of nowhere. He's not really probably going to be, fantasy relevant but i think uh crowder could be interesting to watch he's still just 28 years old yeah he's a fine slot receiver i mean yeah i could see somebody like pittsburgh taking a shot at him yeah just to replace some juju production all right let's move on to tight ends to close out the show um a couple guys i've been stashing everywhere is Obviously, my guy, David Njoku, and yep, Matt O.J. Howard. Njoku was one of my, I mean, I loved him as a prospect. Uh, been kind of a tough break in Cleveland, but I think he's one of those guys that you could see sometimes with these tight ends. It just takes a little while, maybe even a change of scenery. Definitely a team like, you know, Indianapolis or, you know, just a, a team in need of a tight end. I think Njoku is really interesting. I've been stashing him in all my two tight end leagues. And then, yeah, OJ Howard's probably uh, as good as gone from Tampa Bay. So those two guys are are pretty interesting to me, especially in Joku. But you've got, you know, Zach Ertz is a free agent. Um, Gerald Everett, Gronk's a free agent, but he's not playing for anybody besides Brady. So kind of cross him off. Uh, Evan Ingram's a free agent. Some Some guys like that, some veterans. But to me, the... The cream of the crop is is Njoku. You guys oh and Gasicki. Gasicki's a free agent as well. I would imagine Gasicki and Ingram return back to their respective teams for a cheap deal to kind of see. But I tight ends I'm not super excited about this year. I'll follow the money and the athleticism and take my shot on those guys. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Let's follow the money for sure and I'm just I'm obsessed with Njoku. I don't you got anything to add, Matt? I was gonna say Gasicki's the main the main name that jumps out to me. Uh I've kind of always liked him. I understand he's not a good quote unquote tight end. He's really just a big slot receiver. Yeah. Which is fine because he has a tight end label on him, so I'm not picky. He saw 112 targets this year, caught 73 receptions for 780 yards, only caught two touchdowns. Uh if we give him the six he had last year, he finishes tight end nine, he's closer, he's tight end five then. So not a lot of not a lot of touchdown production this year, but his targets, 112 targets is massive. I, I love seeing that. I actually don't think he returns to Miami. He very well could. The last I saw, 
they haven't even opened contract talks with him. So I'm thinking that I I'm, I'm not and I'm not saying this because it's my favorite team, but he is a very Seattle kind of splash you make if you're Pete Carroll. You know they did the whole Jimmy Graham experiment. Maybe you go out and get Mike Kosicki, you know, pair him with DK and Lockett. That would be a hell of fun offense. But I, I I do think he's gone, and I'm I'm interested to see where he goes. So that's 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 a guy I'd be keeping an eye on. I did not realize that Dalton Schultz is a free agent. Yes. I forgot because they paid Blake Jarwin a bit. Um, yes. So do we think Schultz leaves or is that part of the Amari Cooper potentially uh, restructuring? I, I think they he have stays. to bring him back, I'm, right? I strongly disagree. I think he's gone. I just don't know how they're going to make it work. You know, it, he had a nice breakout year this year, but, you know, you just said it. They like Blake Jarwin and the money doesn't work. So unless something happens, I'd be shocked. That offense could have some turnover amongst their basketball. I, I think Schultz is coming back and Jarwin's getting cut. Is that do you they, know that they, they only use Jarwin for blocking this year? Dalton Schultz is too good. You can't lose Schultz and Cooper and Gallup won't even be ready. So you cut Cooper and you probably cut Demarcus Lawrence, and all of a sudden you have a lot of money. You can pay Dalton Schultz. It just makes no sense that you're gonna cut Amari Cooper and pay Dalton Schultz when the yeah, because Dalton Schultz doesn't cost as much as Amari Cooper. Schultz and keep Amari Cooper. Dalton Schultz doesn't cost cost as much as Amari Cooper. Yeah, but you just said you're gonna pay him, and he's gonna want a big bag after the year he had. So you're just gonna resend that money. You for, you forget who who owns this team. This is a guy who is notorious for overpaying his homegrown players. Yeah. He does not let his guys leave. They do have an out on Blake Jarwin as well. Just two million dead cap if they cut him. All right. I don't know. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, any last notes on free agents or otherwise? Going once, going twice. That'll do it. Um, fun episode. These free agents, you know, some of them it might be a little too late, but you still might be able to get some of these guys on the cheap before they wind up in a new home and, and see their value boosted. So some of those names we mentioned, go poke around and see if you can get them. Um, as always, head on over to patreon.com backslash fantasy scouts. Check us out there and ffballallday.com. We'll see you back here next week on the Fantasy Scouts podcast where we bring you inside info you won't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm.